Today's word of God is from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. In Paul's letter to the church of Corinth, he connects the law and the gospel in a very clever way. When I first read this, I didn't quite understand what I was reading. When I took a closer look, I realized that this part was the introduction of his letter. Do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter, written in our hearts, known and read by everyone. Paul is saying, because I spoke to you the words of the Holy Spirit, and you are the people of the Holy Spirit, you're able to understand what I wrote to you. For those who minister by the Holy Holy Spirit of God, no recommendation letters are needed. For context, uh, back in the days, the prophets carried recommendation letters to do God's work to prove their qualifications. The catch is, most of these prophets were false, and so are their recommendation letters. So Paul is saying, I've written this letter with the spirit of a living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. What a precious word of God. Like this, we need to be full of the Holy Spirit to be able to understand the words spoken by the Spirit. The tablets of stone refer to the Ten Commandments. This is a segue to the next part where he explains the relationship between the law and the gospel. The new covenant is written in spirit on human hearts. To explain this, he brings up recommendation letters at the beginning of the chapter as an introduction of his main topic. I have to say that I'm very impressed at this way of storytelling. What a great intro. Such confidence we have through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. What does this mean? The letter refers to the letter of the law, the law of Moses. The letter of the law kills by revealing sin and demanding obedience. This is why it says the letter kills. But the Spirit gives life. This comes from the salvation of Christ because He redeemed us. Our souls are now saved and we will be resurrected. We are made the citizens of heaven. This is the redeeming grace of Jesus Christ. And this is why it says, the Spirit gives life. Such a captivating introduction. This story must have been difficult to accept for the Jewish believers of the day. Paul probably prayed long and hard, asking for the help of the Holy Spirit for his wisdom to write this letter. Because the Jewish believers were strongly led by the law of Moses. Paul's ministry included changing the hearts of these Jewish believers by the Spirit and the Gospel of Christ. He also preached the Gospel to the Gentiles, another huge task, and maybe that's why the Holy Spirit gave him so much wisdom. The Law of Moses was a transitory task. This was given for a period before the Messiah came. 
the Jews actually sinned so much, even under the transitory law. They engaged in idol worship and did whatever pleased them. The law was only followed in a ceremonial sense. In reality, they lived like non-believers. We witness this in many parts of the Old Testament. And eventually, they became captives of Babylon. Even before their Babylonian captivity, God promised them a new covenant of the New Testament. And these promises are written in many parts of the Old Testament. One of them is in Jeremiah 31, 31. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Already in the Old Testament, God promised a new covenant of the New Testament. This is just one example of many. Going back to the Second Corinthians verse 9. If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? The ministry that brought condemnation, you guessed it, is the law of Moses. The old covenant, it's a ministry that declares people guilty. Even this, because it came from God, had glory. But the new covenant is the gospel. It's a ministry of faith in Jesus Christ so that we can be closed in his grace. Paul is saying that the glory of his gospel will be even greater. For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. The glory of the ministry of Moses in the Old Testament is nothing compared to the glory of Jesus' ministry. The glory of Moses was temporary. It was transitory. The Israelites didn't even truly follow the law and led a sinful life. In contrast, the glory of Jesus Christ is everlasting. This was a powerful message toward the Jewish people of the day. Let's take a look at Galatians chapter 3, verses 25 through 27. This explains the process of people who used to be under the law that have put on Christ and became Christians. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. The guardian refers to the law of Moses. So in Christ Jesus, you're all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have closed yourselves with Christ. We have closed ourselves with the redemption of Christ, Paul declares. Going back to the Second Corinthians, verse 14. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the Old Covenant is read. I see the Jewish people of the present day in their ceremonial worship on TV. They also show 
how the Jewish people who converted to Christianity received persecution from the Orthodox Jews. It's really, really scary. They burned Christians. <laughs> such, Despite such life-threatening dangers, there were quite a few Jews that became Christians. These Christians live under constant threat. When they go to church, people stone them just because they became Christian. Sometimes there are bombings targeted towards them. These were meticulously planned to harm Christians. They would hide the bomb in the flowers or baskets and send them to their door. As they opened the box, delivered to them without knowing any of this, the bomb would explode and, and kill. This is how dull and stubborn they are. The same veil remains. But the Lord's love is still here. In verse 16, But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. God's love is so big. Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The important impact of the gospel here is freedom. Jesus Christ saved those who believe from the punishment of the law. So now we are free from the punishment in Christ. He made us God's children. This freedom as a children of God gave us the privilege to call God our Father. We can call him our Father and praise him. We can talk to him. We can thank him. We can worship him in this amazing freedom. Let our hearts always be full of gratitude for this freedom. Verse 18 says, And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Ever-increasing glory. This is the glory of Christians. We are mirrors that brightly reflect the glory of the Lord. When God's glory lives in us, through our lives, the light of the Lord shines through. This is glory to glory. In our lives, when we love others and endure because of Christ, when we worship, praise, and devote ourselves for the glory of God, we glorify God. He lives in us and is glorified through us. This life is very important for us. Let us meditate and pray every day on how we can glorify God and shine this glory that He gave us. God sees and knows everything. When I was in my late 30s, early 40s, I used to serve a church that was far from where I lived. For late night worship on Fridays, I went to a nearby church in my neighborhood. As I was leaving the church, one day, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. That pastor is keeping all the glory to himself. I was shocked. Whether we are pastors, ministers, church leaders, or members, it takes practice and effort to glorify only God. Maybe that's why the Holy Spirit spoke to me like that. Ever since then, I've prayed for more wisdom and help about glorifying God. God truly knows everything. Through the Holy Spirit, 
God lives in us, Christians, and through this glory, He gave us the gift of salvation. Through Jesus Christ, we can call God our Father and grow as Christians toward an ever-increasing glory. Believers need to bear the fruit of the glory, which is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Let us look at Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Like this, we need to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit for the glory of God. We do this by loving one another, by having joy and peace, by being patient, by being kind and generous, and by being faithful to the Lord. In our relationships with the people around us. Also by being gentle and exercising self-control. We can't produce all spiritual fruits at once. When I read this verse when I was younger, it made my heart very heavy. I felt really pressured. How do I do all this? It's a lot. Just like I mentioned this in last week's message, although we can't do everything at once, we can pray about this. Lord, please help. I received your glory from the Lord. I want to bear the fruit of glory. I want to love. I want to be patient, be gentle and faithful and have self-control. Please help me, Lord. Let me have a kind and generous heart. Holy Spirit, please help. This is something that we should work on over our entire lifetime. When I was younger, I thought I had to achieve all these things right away. Now I know this wasn't true. It's one by one, little by little, small steps. None of us are completely holy. We are all in the progress of sanctification. As we bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of sanctification, the fruit of glory, the image of Christ is made within us. As Christians, to have the image of Christ within us is the purpose of our lives. No matter where you are in your life right now, which family situation you're in, please pray to the Lord to achieve this purpose. Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let us pray for this. Heavenly Father, thank you. The Israelites broke the covenant with you and only worshipped you pretentiously, not wholeheartedly. Even then, Lord, you loved your people and established a new covenant. You sent Jesus Christ to us and said, Whenever you turn to me, I will forgive you and accept you. Thank you for sending us this precious love. Because of your love, we can freely worship and praise you. Let us remember this love every time we worship. In our lives, let us remember and thank you. Let us bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of glory, and please you and glorify you. You have sent us the Holy Spirit to each of us to live within us. Please be glorified, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.